0: Welcome back to Five Questions. I'm your host, Dustin Peed, and I'm so very excited, as always, to bring you somebody new and fresh—a great friend of mine. This person uh, is not only one of the most uh, genuinely nice people I know, um, but also some of one of the most like empathetic and caring, and just a good all-around human being and i'm so excited to introduce you to my friend amia freeman amia how are you
1: i am well and that was a very kind introduction (laughs) i
0: I just i'm just taking this opportunity to let you know in front of whoever's watching what i really think about you but uh yeah i love you and i love uh everything that you're about you and your gorgeous family uh means so much to me and my wife and so Let me just share with you, the watcher, listener, for a second. Amia is a a leading expert in group and personal fitness, nutritional and lifestyle modification, and spiritual growth. She's the founder of the Interactive Fit Club, which is a faith-based wellness community that provides uh, programs to support each person's spiritual, physical, and mental fitness journey. We're going to talk about that today with nearly 20 years in fitness, women's health, and wellness, Amia is frequently sought out presenter, contributing writer, educator, and trainer. Uh, that's a lot to say, but essentially what I wanted, the reason I wanted to to share Amia with you all today in these five questions is because uh, mental health is super important to me. It's one of the five topics that I, that, I, that I cover here on this channel. And what we haven't had a chance to dive into yet is really kind of how much the physical um, plays into the mental and kind of how those things fit together. And so that's kind of where our, our conversation is going to go today. And so, uh, just like always, I like to start with the question, why, because if we need, we kind of need to know why we're talking about what we're talking about before we get into it. And so my first question for you, Mia, is why is it so imperative that we as humans, just human beings, why is it so imperative that we talk about, mental health
1: um i think it's worth just going back to the simplicity of our breath that we breathe (laughs) every day and if we're not breathing we're not being and to for a person to be without breath is like a person to be without mental health like we're physical beings, we're spiritual beings, we are emotional beings, we are mental beings and i think that we've done a disservice um socially to make people think that to be quote unquote mental is to not be human. Hmm. And to be mental is mean it means that you're alive, right? To have breath in your body means that you're alive. Like it's a part of who we are, our health, like our health is our self, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how are you doing? That's your whole self. And to disclude mental health in that perspective of the whole person would be to sort of dismantle the person as a whole person.
0: My goodness, that is probably the like most profound answer i've had to this question so far um and i've you're i think you're the third person that i've interviewed about this topic that essentially what you're saying correct me if i'm wrong is that if you're a living moving breathing uh person (laughs) you know yeah uh, that there that mental health is already a part of you it's just a matter of how much you're willing to address it and acknowledge and be aware of it right
1: Yeah, if you have a body, you have a mental health. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, if I have to get scriptural, you know, it says in his word that in him, we live, move and have our being. That's the whole person, right? It says in First Thessalonians five, that that your whole self that God would bring him bring you to completion in your whole self. If we look at the fruit of the spirit, that's mental health right there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, right? Yeah. If we look at one of the scriptures that I have on my wall um, here in my office is 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7, that you would fan into flame the gifts that are within you, which are not a spirit of, of fear, but of love, power, and self-control. Some versions say self-discipline, some say sound mind. That And whether you are a spiritual, quote unquote, religious person or not, if you have breath in your lungs, you have a body, you have a mind, and you have a soul, and that includes your mental health.
0: Yeah, so true. Uh, my second question, I feel like we've already answered, so I'm going to pivot a little bit. My, my original question was who should be paying attention to their mental health and why, but I think I really want to ask you, let's, let's kind of bridge the gap into this. How, uh, how do you see this? This? physical, uh, and mental health bridge kind of, uh, intersecting. How, how does that play out? How does our physical health affect our mental health?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like if I could back up a little bit to when I first became a trainer, I was, I will tell people any day I was the trainer that was the diehard, unless you were surrounded by your own pool of sweat and possibly tears, you hadn't actually worked out. And I would stand over you and like demand that you give me five more, right? Wow. And that was back in the day when in the gym, you went, it was the whole message of go harder, go home. And you went to do a workout to zone out. Well, now we're realizing that didn't get us anywhere. We might have got like, superior gains on like, muscle mass and losing body fat. And maybe we matched a goal of like a certain number on the scale or our clothing size, but it also caused us to lose a sense of connectedness of what was happening in our body. We weren't actually breathing and we spent hours in the gym for nothing, (laughs) for not, right? And now we're realizing just as a whole both as trainers and as practitioners that if i'm not in my body when i'm moving my body where am i Uh. that i'm in the gym and i'm wasting time for what and we're realizing like that what felt really good for the moment that you were in the gym of like the gym high the workout high the runners high those endorphins that were released in your body are actually helping your brain rewire it's helping you get rid of some of the junk that we were carrying that made us go to the gym in the first place right Mm -hmm. so rather than separating it and say you know i'm going to go to the gym to zone out like now people are starting to realize like when i go in the gym i recognize that i feel better so that when i'm out of the gym i'm a healthier healed whole person and i'm in a right state of mind where I don't know like I use the analogy when I'm teaching classes if I can lift heavy weights I can lift heavy love right mm-hmm. or if I can lift heavy weights I can lift heavy burdens or if I can if I can move on the um the treadmill or some type of cardio with an endurance then when I'm faced with a crazy trial then I know how to endure because like Paul says in the Bible I don't beat the air like I'm you know, crazy person, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, you know, don't have a goal in mind, but I'm training my body for the discipline. Cause there's something else that I've been put on this earth to do. And it's not the one hour in the gym.
0: Wow, man, there's so much in there to unpack. I, I was immediately reminded when you were, when you were saying, um, uh, that, that, that the, the, kind of what happens to your brain, essentially, uh, when you go there and, and, and how you can, you can, push past the hard things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we tell our, our kids often, you know, that if it's not hard, uh, it's not worth doing. And we also tell them, uh, we speak life and truth into them and we say, you can do hard things. Yeah. You can do hard things. And I think that that confidence that, uh, that, that your body tells your brain when you do the hard things, may be one of the, best things for your mind. I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I just feel like you might be right.
1: (laughs) You're spot on. Look, and I'm not a I am not a licensed therapist or mental health counselor, but I am a practitioner of mental health and wellness and physical, just like you said, of just this whole encompassing whole person, because I'm just one body. And if my mind has decided that I can't, guess mm-hmm. what my body won't do?
0: Yeah, shut down. Right. Yeah, it's gonna shut down. We can't. We've I mean, if told I could,
1: it. yeah, I was gonna say, if I could even just throw in a little personal story on Let's that. Go. Like in 2014, I've been, I've been a fitness instructor almost 20 years and in 2014, I was te- teaching a steady schedule of all modalities of fitness, strength training, cardio flexibility, you name it. I kind of felt like back then i was on top of my game like i was i was headed somewhere so i thought right and i was pushing with this grind mentality of the go hard go home and i was in the middle of teaching a class one day and just kind of felt slightly off that night my husband was coaching basketball we went to his basketball tournament i still was feeling like something was starting to disconnect and by that Sunday morning, I woke up and could not walk, wow. had lost the use of from like my ribs down, nearly paralyzed. And for six months, I was under neuro, neurological treatments where they had medically tested me for every known ailment, every muscle disorder, every immune, uh, like immune disorder that should have shut my body down. But every single test result said, you are ridiculously healthy. I even had one doctor look me in the eyes and said, you have stumped our entire team. We don't know what's (laughs) wrong with you. Wow. And you're way too young and too healthy to meet any of the markers that should qualify you to be sitting in this office. They sent me to a neurologist, ran a ton of tests. And I'm laying on this hospital bed with wires attached to my brain to track brain activity, needles and ultrasounds connected to my muscles. And the neurologist is giving me instructions to see if my brain is coherent to the instructions. And then if my body will follow the pattern, laying in my own sweat, could not move my lower body. And finally, they when we wrapped everything up, we went into the room and he looked at my husband and said, What happened to her? And my husband said nothing. She taught Friday and Saturday, and couldn't move on Sunday. And he said, No, this is 30 years ago. Wow. And we're like, what? And he said, Yeah, you're gonna have to sit down and unpack this because your body is tired of keeping track of it. 30 years ago.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So, and at the time I was probably about 36 years old sitting in this neurologist's office. And he's telling me that was 30 years ago, something happened to you. And just now your body has said, are we ever gonna address this issue or not? As fit as I could possibly be, probably had about 20% body fat. I mean, ripped. I was <laughs> at the point where I was like, I wanna walk in a room. People know that I work out, right? Yeah. yeah. Ripped, eat I mean every every day something in a cup that was like healthy. but yet my body was trapped in bondage and it took me a good six months to a year to come to terms with my I know now that it was my mental health was deteriorating yeah. and it was slowly killing me. and I had to get to a place where I, had to walk through some like years of childhood trauma, yeah. years of unforgiveness and bitterness, like internal, internalized shame and guilt, just having lived in poverty as a kid, all of that as an adult that I thought that I had escaped as long as I had the degree, as long as I had the husband, you know, 2.5, I had three kids, <laughs> three kids and a big yeah. fence, yeah. all would be well, so I thought. And it wasn't. And it finally came after me. And this was before the book by, um, I think, is it Bessel Vanderkirk? I think is the name. It's the body, keep the score. This was before that book ever surfaced. And when that book finally hit the bookstores for us as lay people, not as like educated educators or, you know, completing a degree. When I opened that book and started to read that this, um, Neurologist who had been working with PTSD, uh, uh, soldiers, he said a client walked into his office and showed all the markers of a military PTSD, but had never served in the military. And I dropped the book because it felt like it was about to tell my story. Wow. So that in a nutshell (laughs) wraps up the connection between the physical and the mental, because if my physical body is in shape and fit. And I don't mean a certain size, right? but if my physical body is doing all the work, but my emotions are off balance. it. My mom used to say, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Mm-hmm. You can dress it up all day. You can have all the quotes, you can have all the scriptures, all the applause, but if your emotions are not in control, your emotions will begin to control you
0: just dropping truth problems <laughs> on here man. I love it so much I still haven't even gotten over that you said about 10 minutes ago you said we used to work out the zone out I'm still on that um, anyway uh, so let's let's get a little practical here I think someone's gonna listen to that story and they're gonna say well how how do I catch it before it's 30 years too hmm. much into it? how do I listen to my body enough to, to recognize when something's not right there? And so the, the, really the question is, what, what are the signs that someone might need help? What are the signs that we, that we need to be paying attention to in our body to say there may be something, there may be some trauma, there may be some mental health that you have not dealt with yet?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would, again, I'll go back to what we started with of just starting with your breathing, because if you notice that your breathing is off rhythm and you've found that you're hyperventilating and nothing has happened, there's a really good chance that you're having like a trauma response that you could be responding to something that's happening in front of you but your reaction to it is based off a previous interaction that reminded you of that and you were triggered by it right or something happens in front of you um not immediately but you're like thinking of something that may be like say you're preparing for an event or a conversation that you need to have and all of a sudden you notice your heart rate went up and i'm not talking about um you need to schedule an appointment with a neurologist. I'm just talking about sitting down and getting back into your body and identifying um, when things feel slightly off, right? Mm -hmm. When they don't feel regulated, or if you feel like even something as simple as like, your mouth begins to get really dry and like pasty, where you've got these like, annoying mouth sounds that you're like, what is going on? Why do I feel like I'm about to take the stage? Right? And mm-hmm. some of those, like some of the nerves that stir up are healthy because they keep us safe, right?
0: There's right. there's signals.
1: Yeah, there's signals that keep us safe so that we don't touch a hot stove so that we don't, you know, walk down a dark alley and are naive and oblivious to the possibilities. Right. Yeah. But I'm I'm talking of just simply like, So like I teach a stretching class that's chair based and one of the things that we do is as soon as they sit down, I don't know what they dealt with coming into the class. So I'll have them sit down and just sit for a second and just identify that they're sitting and and check in with themselves and see, like, are you comfortable with the fact that you're sitting? Do you feel like you need to get up and move around? Is your breathing? like worked up because something happened before you came in here, are you already anticipating what I might ask you to do that you can't do or don't wanna do? And so literally just checking in, um, it's called a body scan of just head to toe, just check in without any judgment. It's just a conscious acknowledgement, I'm here. It's not wooey or weird or like, oh, it's gonna zone out and, check in (laughs) it's like just how are you doing like relaxing your face can you unclench your jaw can you relax your shoulders because our shoulders were not designed to be in our ears right like they're supposed to relax on our spine and literally fold and hug our spine to keep our head lifted but when we feel um dis disregarded disrespected um possibly attacked our bodies start to move in a position that's protective and your head will begin to bow your shoulders fold forward you get into almost a readied fetal position Mm -hmm. and then after that happens up top your your lower half of your body gets in position of do I need to fight Do I need to take off and run, which is flight, Mm -hmm. or have my hips and my knees locked into place because I don't know what's about to happen? So I'm just going to freeze. Or are you like pacing, which is that, you know, how can I satisfy everybody all at once, which is called the fawning, right? So, like, check in with your body. Are you in a position of like, oh, I can take off and run any minute, Mm. right? It was crazy because my chiropractor, I went in after a car accident to fix what was happening in my shoulders and my neck. And she's like, well, I'm just gonna check your whole body because by default, whatever's happening in the upper body is gonna happen in the lower body as a protective mechanism. So she did this X-ray and she found that my body was leaning forward in a fight mode, like a flight mode. My -hmm. body was leaning forward in a flight mode, but my upper body was like in fight position. And she's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. I was in a car accident about a month ago. She's like, you sure about that? <laughs> and and she, she approaches everything from a holistic standpoint and she just stared at me and I just broke down and start bawling. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Amia," And she said, I'm not gonna say like, this is what you teach but I'm gonna say, this is what you teach people. Yeah. And she was like, what are you carrying? And then I took a deep breath and she's like, you're not even breathing. She's like, you're breathing from your throat. So that's why I say like, check your breathing. Is your breathing coming from your throat? Or are you actually going all the way deep down into your diaphragm and breathing? Yeah. Like I would ask the person that's watching or listening, like think about the last conversation that you had with someone. Did it cause your breathing to get worked up? Think about the next conversation that you have to have or a next activity or event that you've gotta take. I was telling my husband like, driving makes me anxious because I've been in multiple car accidents. To get on the highway is like, oh, let me just go ahead and prep myself now. you know. And I found yesterday driving down 285 that I had to tuck my head and like either put on sunglasses and close my eyes or just zone out on my phone because there was there were too many possibilities of like this could not end well. Although I know I was protected, I know my husband's not going to get an accident intentionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I hope that gives you some like practicals of like checking in. Yeah, so good. I
0: was like checking in on myself as you were talking there. I was like, "How's my breathing?" I was like, "How's my breathing?" How's my, breathing? How's my shoulders? Like I'm, I'm just like checking in. I think it's so. Um, I, I I'm glad you said like. it it can sound weird. It can sound crazy because I think for people that, um, that may not have kind of practiced or exercised in this way to, to understand how the physical meets the mental, it can, it can seem a little weird. And the reason it seems weird is because we don't do it enough. It's not that it's wrong. It's just, it's, it's, it's foreign to us because we don't, we don't do it enough. And I can, Uh, I think all the things that you said there are such great, um, just great signals to look out for. There's so many times that our bodies will tell us what our minds are thinking. Your brain is still a muscle. It's not just, it's not some CPU computer chip. Like it's still a muscle at the end of the day uh, and it still operates like a muscle. And so, because it's a physical muscle in your physical body, the rest of your body will, will let you know something up there, not sure what it is, something up there, not right. And so I think being able to take those inventories, being able to just kind of sit and, and, and a lot of, um, therapists will tell you, I've been in several sessions where the therapist will tell me, I want you to feel the weight of your body on the chair right now.
1: Yep.
0: And basically what they're doing in that moment is they're grounding you, right. So that you can, uh, be fully present and fully aware in what's, what's taking place in that moment and not, um, off somewhere else, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I've been putting into practice more, um, intentionally since the pandemic, um, is journaling. Like I've always been a journaler since I was a kid, but more, this has been more for mental health. Um, and some people, when they see my journal, they're like, yeah, I, I can't do that. I'm like, I don't expect you to do that. I just want you to get out a journal. I literally go to the craft store and buy an artist sketchbook yeah. because the lines intimidate me. <laughs> I mean, lines
0: either. I'm the same way. I gotta be just a
1: blank space of blank. just to dump. And I'll just get a handful of colored markers and I'll either listen to an audio meditation that reads scripture over me, Mm -hmm. um, or I'll just turn on some quiet music. I have a couple of playlists that are just um, either classical music or like this lo-fi beats music. And I'll just doodle across the page until I feel like all the words that have been floating in my head Get out of my head and get onto the paper. And even if it means I have to have a separate notebook beside me, that as I'm doodling, thought like complete thoughts come to mind, I'll sit out, I'll sit down and write out those thoughts, or maybe ask myself some questions. That maybe the looming question felt overwhelming, but when I write it, I realize that the question has no authority over me. And by getting it out of my head, I get it. I release whatever felt like it had a grip on me um and and like i said in the process of that reminding myself amia you need to breathe because if not much like you said like our brain is a muscle if we're working out in the gym and working biceps every day eventually that muscle's going to cramp and it's going to give out and it's not going to work right which is why we as trainers we tell people have non you know alternating days one day strength one day cardio and give your body a chance to breathe you need to do the same thing with your mind
0: yeah i love to that not um so many times when you go to therapy the counselor or the therapist will will say well you know you, you should exercise you know exercise will help and that's very true it and i think what we're saying here is that that does help
1: mm-hmm. but i
0: love what you're saying so far you've described no physical assertion like assertion like It's, it's something that anyone can do no matter your physical status. Yeah. Um, Let me, let me move on to question four so I can honor your time. When I get this question a lot, when it comes to the topic of mental health Mm -hmm. and, and I know it's kind of a a dumb question, but I I like asking everybody because everybody has different perspective. How I often get asked, Dustin, how do I know when I'm fixed?
1: So I'm a word nerd and the word fixed to me feels very concrete. And so rather than asking the question, when are you fixed? I would say, when are you well, right? Well feels like a very broad and vague word, but at the same time, it's an invitation for us to recognize, when do I feel like I am still able to calm myself down if a similar situation happens? When am I able to, or I should say when I am able to um, find that I am comfortable in my skin and the environment, even if I'm in the company of a person who our interactions haven't been the healthiest, right? When I know that I can face that person and I recognize that they no longer have authority over me, that I have the ability to even leave the room right i have the ability to even stop the conversation when the conversation feels uncomfortable then i know i'm well right when i know that i can face i'm currently in the middle of facing a, a situation where it feels like oh my gosh what if this could what if what if what if and i've been having to remind myself you actually have the ability to to map out how you respond even if you can't control the situation if yeah. you don't control, if you can't control the outcome, when I know that I am still at peace, I'm not holding my breath anymore, and I'm not holding the situation or the person accountable for my well-being, then I know I'm well.
0: Yeah, uh, I love that too. The well, or I'm 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 better, or there's a sense of progress there. It's not yeah. a sense. It's not a sense of arrival. I think when people asked, uh, when 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 do you know if you're fixed? I think people are asking like, when is the problem going to go away? Yeah. You know what I mean? And the problem is not going to go away. You're just going to learn, you're going to learn the tools that you need to be smarter about it and to monitor it, uh, and to control it rather than it controlling you. Right. Um, so that brings me to my last question, we we've, we've mentioned a ton of tools and a ton of ways to kind of help us tap into this uh mental health meets physical health but what what is if if there's something that we haven't mentioned already is there is there one tool um that we can use today to be healthier mentally than we were yesterday
1: um the one tool that i've been using it's called breath prayers and it's simply reading scripture over yourself and um on your inhale to taking a breath that's deep enough as if you were smelling the room, right? You walked into a room of like, imagine your favorite place. I'm going to say coffee because I know you're a coffee yeah. connoisseur. Yeah. You walk into a roastery, if that's what it's called. Sure. Um, <laughs> coffee roaster. You yeah, walk yeah. in and you know that there's fresh coffee and you take a deep inhale to literally take it all in, right? and then someone says how's that feel and you're like oh it's so good and then you blow out as if there were candles in front of you Mm -hmm. right so on your inhale you're inhaling the first half of the scripture so I'm going to give you this one um Psalm 139 23 through 24 search me and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So on your inhale of smelling the coffee, search me and know my heart. And the exhale, I give you all my anxious thoughts. Yeah. The deep inhale, smell the aroma, and then the exhale, let it all out.
0: You know, my favorite part about that is that even if you're watching this and you're like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a God person, I'm not a religious person, I don't, I don't believe in all that stuff. Essentially what Amia is saying is that you need to breathe in and out truth over yourself, which again, I, I get when I hear, I hear myself say that and I'm like, man, that sounds totally Zen and new age, but it is, it is so true that we, we talked about at the beginning of this episode that if you can speak truth to yourself, it builds the confidence in what you can do and then you can be well right how do we know we're fixed how do, how do you know you're well you can be well if you speak that truth over yourself whatever that whatever truth means for you for me and i it's scripture so if we know that the god's word is true then we're going to speak god's word over us every chance we get and that radically changes the game because whether again whether you're a believer or not the world feeds these lies to you and you go oh yeah that makes total sense of course i'm a failure course I'm not not enough of this of course I'm of course I'm too much of this that makes total sense I'm seeing it now you're you're lying, you're playing into those lies and you're believing those lies and the only way out of that is to allow truth to be spoken over yourself whether you're speaking it to yourself or someone else is speaking it to yourself
1: yeah yeah I that's what I try to put into practice whether I'm listening to the meditation or the journaling just the reminder of this is who I am. I was listening to a song today that said, it's not about who you was, it's about who you is and who you about to be. (laughs) so I've been meditating on that all day. My inhale has been, it's not who you was. My exhale "It's who you is and who you about to be. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's not
0: a song on grammar, but it's a song on truth. I love it. (laughs) So good. My goodness. I feel like this has been so helpful just for me. Maybe it's not for, maybe this is just for me today, but, um, thank you so much because i i love when we get to the practical side i think so many times when it comes to mental health it's super theoretical and philosophical and you know all this stuff that we don't understand but i love getting down to the practical of like what can i do right now and this episode the last 30 minutes has been loaded with stuff that you can do right now i'm gonna have to just like go back and listen to this over and over again so thank you so much for your time amia
1: yeah thank you i appreciate it
0: i want everybody to know where you can find Amia. i know she has a podcast she has books she has everything but most people that follow me know instagram and so i'm gonna throw her instagram handle up here it's at interactive fit is that right
1: it's i-n-n-e-r it's the oh, inner being
0: look at you
1: yeah man it's the inner being it's it's literally based off good. of the scripture it says that i i pray that god would give you strength in your inner being that you would be rooted and know how deeply loved you are. And then to know that's it. And then to know that you're surrounded, that you're not in this work alone, um, and that he will strengthen you from the inside out, because anything that happens on the outside is the result of the work we've done on the inside.
0: Yeah, by now, uh, if you're watching this, you know that everything Amia says is just kind of like a breath of fresh air. And so I would encourage you to follow her on Instagram. And there you can learn more about the podcast. You can learn about the books and the speaking and the teachings and all the things that is Amia because I know me and my family are so blessed every time we're around her and her beautiful family. And she always just brings just such a freshness to us uh, in a true, genuine, authentic way. So go check her out promise you won't be disappointed uh that is all for this time on five questions with i cannot wait to be with y'all next time whoever we have on it's going to be an amazing time uh if you could like and subscribe to this channel on youtube ring the bell so you know when we drop stuff every thursday uh, on youtube we'd love to share content with you so we'll talk to you next time on five questions